Dimension. I'm your host, Derek. Uh, this is another episode of Duke City Saturdays. This week, um, brought back on my sister, Chelsea. Um, Hello. She's still in Albuquerque, uh, living it up in Albuquerque. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got a few um, just random ideas, not really uh, too planned out. <laughs> uh, At all. In any way, just like any other time, I do shit as, with uh, podcasting as far as uh, it's been going so far, at least. Kind of just wanted to get some more stories out there of all the craziness that we've uh, experienced so far in life. And uh, Chelsea's always available to uh, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, For sure. We kind of left off, at least with our conversation um that we had when you were here during Christmas, uh, we talked about, um, the gunshots or the murder in front of the house, the drive-by shooting. We talked about you falling off the bed and breaking your arm. Um, With no parent supervision. Yes. Um, what else did we talk about? I don't I really can't remember because I, I've told quite a few stories at this point. I'm not sure which ones. (laughs) We talked about Tony's experience versus ours. Oh, yes. Tony is not joining us this evening because she's exhausted and it's 1030. Um, (laughs) So that's how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm thinking, I guess a a pretty different thing from us is you're six years older than me. So the fact that we still had a similar in a way, um, like teenage years is pretty funny because we are quite a few years apart, but we still (laughs) grew up in Albuquerque. So, yeah. Um, what year, like what, what year was it when you, uh, like became a teenager? I like I I turned thirteen in uh let's see eighty seven ninety seven in in two thousand that that's when I turned thirteen so when when did you turn thirteen I turned thirteen let's see I feel like that's like around seventh grade eighth grade two thousand seven two thousand eight oh shit yeah so quite quite the gap there. Yeah, a lot a lot happened between the year 2000 and 2007. I mean, shitload of stuff happened in the world <laughs> between those years. For sure. <laughs> I know where we can start. I I got a perfect place to start. I was thinking about this, uh possibly about interviewing um our aunt. Um, yes. Because we all went to John Adams which John Adams is a middle school in Albuquerque on the west side. It's uh, it's just a middle school. It's called John Adams. I would say it's in the heart of the west side, I guess, kind of, at least on that side of yeah. town. John Adams is kind of uh, known, at least at the time when I went there, uh, it was known for being not really the best middle school in Albuquerque. Um, I, I'm not sure if I can think of one that was worse. Maybe Truman Middle School? That's exactly what I was just thinking is Truman and then obviously the one in the war zone, which I can't remember what that one's name is. Oh, Ernie Pyle? I uh, think so. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that one either. I used to skateboard there occasionally, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, I don't remember it either. I know that there's one, I don't know if it's called... Madison or something with an H I cannot remember right now but definitely right in the war zone smack dab <laughs> yeah I'm not <laughs> sure how that was uh, compared to how John Adams was but I'm guessing it was probably pretty fucked up <laughs> for sure I knew a couple people that went to those so 
So when you went to middle school at John Adams, um, did you have to wear uniforms? Yes. I know when yeah. I when I was there in at John Adams, um, even though everyone wore uniforms, it didn't seem to make any difference as far as uh, gang gang wise, because everyone still knew who was in gangs and everyone still dressed the same. Just they had like uniforms on, so you know the guy. Honestly, uniforms are pretty gangster in themselves. Like if you think of. Like a true gangster, I just think of Dickies. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I guess the only difference <laughs> is uh, the the um, polo shirt was the only difference. Yeah. I know when I when we when I went there and I think I my first in sixth grade I think it was nineteen ninety nine and then two thousand and then up to two thousand three is the the last year I went there, obviously. But at that time, I mean, all the guys had super sagged, baggy, uh, black dress pants, which, you know, they were just basically Dickies or the knockoff versions. And uh, the girls were just wore tight-ass clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the tighter, the better. Yeah, with, like, huge... Um, bangs and huge earrings and uh, painted on eyebrows <laughs> yep was that a thing that, when you were very, in middle school so i feel like it changed a little bit the it was pretty similar like there was still the hoop earrings and all that but we kind of had like a tiny bit different hairstyle but still pretty freaking similar i know when i started um like seventh, eighth grade, the emo phase started going on. And it was like the girls that weren't more gangsterish were had like the emo style. I see. Which is almost just like, like a ghetto emo style. <laughs> like the really black eyeliner, ble or um box dye black hair, mostly the white girls. Yeah. There were the emos, and then <laughs> the rest were fucking gangster shit. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, 2007, 2008, that's when I joined the army, and I mean, that was like the beginning of almost smartphones, right? Around that time? Yep. All of the, every single person in my middle school, we all had phones, and we all texted each other, and Every, like, we all had phones and we're texting each other all the time. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I, when I went into the army, I did have a cell phone, I think, before, but it was a flip phone. And, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't used that much. Um, and then when I got into the army, it was, uh, I went right to Iraq right away. And then by the time I got back from Iraq in 2009, Every, like the, everything had completely changed <laughs> like every everyone used a, a iPhone and um, social media like was kind of becoming a thing at least somewhat um, yeah but, MySpace well I don't remember my, my, MySpace being popular at that time but I know that Facebook was popular I'm pretty sure at that time or probably before that but because I remember MySpace was like 2007, and then Facebook, when I first got on Facebook, was when Mom first got on Facebook, and it was like 2009, 2010. I see. Yeah, it's, uh, I imagine growing up with, in middle school with that, because when I was in middle school, no one had any, there was nothing like that. No one had a phone of any kind. Not even the teachers. I don't even think the teachers had cell phones. Honestly. <laughs> um, That's crazy. And the internet, we didn't even use the internet in middle school that I can recall. Like, uh, yeah, actually, when I was in sixth grade, we 
did um, like a typing class with on computers, but they were like old computers, um, like shitty old computers, and we were using like a floppy disk program to do a typing program. <laughs> yeah. And oh that was pretty much it. Like we didn't have, we didn't do anything on computers. Everything, everything was done with paper and, um, uh, you know, and there was nothing was being controlled by the internet. Everything was just, yeah. um, analog and, uh, yeah, I can, I can't imagine. Cause even, even when I was in high school, uh, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone and I, no one that I knew had one that I can recall. Even when I was in 12th That's grade, crazy. I don't think I had one. Damn, I remember mom's, like, first phone. It was, like, a heavy-ass little tiny, <laughs> like, one of those Nokias that has, like, the snake and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty different. Like, we had, the obviously, similar teenage years, but mine was way later, but it was so different because of that aspect like it's crazy i'm trying to think of like a way that that made a made things different well ghetto i know like when i was in middle school the only way to contact anyone else would be for them to call your house so yeah people would call our house or grandma's house you know like girls or whoever would somehow find my out my phone number or you know they would look up your phone number in the phone book and yeah. literally just find your phone number in the phone book and then call you based off that and yeah. um so that's how people would communicate uh well that just brings me to seeing you for the first time kissing a girl and her name was Yesenia Yesenia. I'm pretty sure it was like such a crazy name. Oh, Yanina. Yanina. Yeah, not Yesenia. Yanina. She definitely had hoop earrings, tight clothing. Yeah, she was Mexican. Her name was Yanina uh, Fierro, I think, or something. Yeah. But she lived back behind she lived behind john adams um uh not too far from us when we lived off of 57th street yeah how did you see that i don't i don't remember that i don't know if i saw or i just remember either she came by or like you were walking home or something and you guys were like out in the front like on the curb like just like like kind of like hugging or something like with your hand like somebody's hand was around <laughs> your hand was around her her hand was like around you and you guys were sitting down I don't know if you guys were like kissing or like talking <laughs> or what Sounds I vividly scary. remember that <laughs> but it just brought me to it because of the the hoop earrings and the name and yeah, actually, I, I a, while, a few years ago, I can't remember, maybe it was like five or ten years ago, I'm not sure, but Noel had told me that um, she was killed or, 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 or OD'd <gasps> or something. Shut up. Yeah. Wow, that is so sad. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Damn. Was that how it worked when you were in middle school? Um, like the thing to do in middle school was um, go behind the science building to make out. Yes, and fight. Yeah, fighting too. That Now that I think about it, I saw some brutal fucking fights at John Adams. Like, to where I was scared, but you just can't stop watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you should leave the situation, but you cannot not watch. I saw two that I... I could vividly remember and the one was behind the science building and it was these two girls and they were one of them was definitely wearing because they would blush each other's hair out rolling around on the dirt like ripping like their clothes off it was insane oh my god 
I don't know what the fight was over, but they were pretty like hood and it might have been over something something to do with something like fuck you're looking at me bitch why the fuck you looking at me something like that (laughs) that was a pretty common thing to have happen uh not just in school but like i don't know how many times i recall going somewhere or seeing that happen where you're just walking and you look at someone and they're like what the fuck you looking at (laughs) yeah like that's happened to me and I, I've been like scared, like just look away and walk faster and just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Cause if you content, if you're like nothing, what the fuck are you looking at? It's just going to be, who knows if they have a gun? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Could be, um, someone who's just nuts. I mean, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> that something crazy actually, I just keep thinking of shit now. I was, I used to work at Walmart when I was 18 and I worked there for about a year or so, but it was on stage in 98. So it was like, not the best, pretty, yeah, not the best area, first of all. And there was just so much theft and like crazy ass shit happening there all the time. But there was like, there would always be regular customers coming in. And there was this one customer and her husband and they would always have so much money somehow and like cashing like crazy checks and everything. But one time I was in my car driving towards Cottonwood Mall, which is way far away from there. But I saw him in a car next to me. And I don't know if I was like going super slow or something, but he literally was like honking at me, like going crazy on me. And then like when he passed me, he's like, you fucking bitch. What the fuck? I don't know if I cut him off or if I... <laughs> I was just going too slow for him like it was honestly scary like he was and then he like flipped me off and he was like like him and his homies were in there it was scary he was doing that he didn't recognize you though no it's just a similarity that I I remember him from the Walmart as a customer because if you're from Albuquerque like if you know everybody just somehow (laughs) Like, if you see somebody, you'll recognize them if you see them again. Yeah, especially if you're like working. Small, yeah. Yeah, he didn't know at all who I was or anything from what I could tell, but he was fucking pissed. I don't know if I cut him off. I don't know what happened, but he was, like, scary. I was like, oh, my God, what if he has a gun? And that's pretty fucking common. Yeah, that's a very common uh, occurrence right there, uh, what you just described. that reminded me of a time I was in probably like 15 or something and uh, me and a few of my punk rockers slash skinhead friends were hanging out um, in Knob Hill right in front of uh, Astro Zombies the comic book shop and uh, we weren't doing anything we were just standing there just hanging out and this um, old woman walks by, and she kind of looked a little bit deranged, because like, she was all um, disheveled, and her hair was all crazy. And um, we happened to be laughing when she walked by. <laughs> you, you and these people, every story <laughs> is like the craziest person you could ever come in contact with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the hell her problem was, but... <laughs> She just passed by us, and we were laughing. We happened to be laughing as she passed by us, and she assumed that we were laughing at, at her. And um, she, like, turned around, and I don't know if she got in my face or Eric's face, but she was like, what the fuck are you laughing at, you little uh, piece of shit? Um, I'll show you who's fucking laughing. And... uh She's like, I'm going to go get my gun right now and kill all of you. <gasps> so oh, my God. We were like, okay, like, whatever. Like, I doubt it, you know. I mean, who the fuck is this lady, you know? Um, yeah. So we just keep standing there. She, like, walks away all crazy. And then, like, ten minutes later, she drives by the fucking comic book shop and... um 
the passenger window is rolled down and uh we're just like um she like yells something out the window and is pointing um i mean it turned out to, she was just pointing her hand at us but at at, at first it, it was hard to tell if she actually had a gun or not <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so we all like uh, ducked down and ran inside the comic book shop, and uh, luckily, obviously, <laughs> she she didn't have a gun or anything. But it's like holy fuck! I mean, she could have easily. Um, was she an older woman? Yeah, she was like sixty some. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, that. That's another thing here. It's like there's so many people, like home, either homeless people or they're just like completely like addicted to drugs or alcohol or something and you just see them you're like ready like you're like something's gonna happen or they're gonna come up to me and ask me for money or they're gonna try to start shit with me yeah um you kind of learn to just ignore those people or try to just you know not cause anything that would make them come come towards you <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly like anything you can do to like make it so they don't see you or want to interact with you in any way i feel like everyone is just so good at ignoring people because we've all had to do it our whole lives here like just pretend you don't see them yeah because if you do look at them then they're gonna think that they just found their next dollar target. Yeah. Either dollar or victim or something. Yeah. God knows what, but all I know is I don't want to be a part of it. And I just want to go get the fuck in the store and get back in my car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you saw those fights in uh, middle school, um, was that like, what happened? Uh, did they just um, beat the shit out of each other and then that was it and just went to class? Or did they get broken up? So sometimes it was like a spur of the moment thing where like they were legit fighting, like just telling each other off and then it spurred it into a fight. But other times it would be planned. Like there would be hate towards some people somehow. And they'd be like, after class, <laughs> behind the blah 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 and like people would legit like be like there's gonna be a fight yeah did that ever happen when you were in school like there would be like a planned fight or would it just be spur of the moment no yeah there was planned fights and oftentimes they would plan to have the fight across the street at the community center in the park area <laughs> or um I, I know a couple times that there was uh like they had planned to meet like at Pat Hurley to go fight later. <laughs> yes. Oh God. We need a whole segment on Pat Hurley. Yeah. Pat, Pat Hurley uh, is a park in, um, on Yucca, which is a ghetto street, um, on the, in the West side. It's all centered around these, uh, elementary school and middle schools in this neighborhood. But Pat Hurley Park is um extremely dangerous park. Um, even to this day, it's still... It's not really that dangerous, but it, you definitely don't want to go hang out there when it's dark. That's for sure. Mm -mm. I mean, I know when I was there last time, I went there during the day, and I, I didn't feel scared or nothing, but I would not want to be there at night because people are just all um, strung out on drugs. And that's a common place to go to get high at that park. So it's when uh, I was a teenager, dangerous. we would go there at night. Yeah, that's not a good idea. I'm honestly shocked with the fact that me and my friends were girls and nothing happened to us. Because we would be out walking around at nighttime thinking nothing could ever happen to us. We were literally always alone, doing, walking around, doing whatever. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, it's scary enough as a dude, but, you know, 
as a bunch of teenage girls, I mean, God only knows what could have happened. Easily could have been uh, trafficked and uh, sent overseas or something. Exactly. <laughs> Mama tried to warn me about crazy shit, and I'd be like, no, that would never happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have a child, I'm like, oh, my God. Never leave my sight in these parts. As just don't go to Pahurli, at least. <laughs> well, now that we live in Rorancho, I feel like we're more we're safe. More safe, at least, because most of the people that live there, at least, are um. There's not too many ghettos in Rorancho, like neighborhoods. Yeah. So it's obviously it's still dangerous because people can still come to Rorancho and do shit. But yeah, the people that are living in the neighborhoods more often than not are i would say are slightly more well off i guess than um those that are living in albuquerque <laughs> in the slums in, in the utter slums of albuquerque <laughs> <laughs> although you know the, is it really that bad i i don't know i mean i, I would say that um Growing up in Albuquerque, there's just certain places that you go that there's like, fuck, this is like scary, you know, but I've been to other places in the U.S. and even in other countries like in Germany and uh, Czech Republic and places and the places that they said were like the scariest places. I never felt that scared there, to be honest. And I don't know if it's just you because... Yeah, like, I don't know if it's just because growing up in Albuquerque and being around all kinds of crazy neighborhoods and, and just learning how to deal with that, that going to other places, I never really felt, like, very scared about it. Like, I just, to me, it was like, oh, well, this is a ghetto, you know, obviously you don't want to, like, just linger around here, like, <laughs> um, yeah, which that's when things bad will happen. If you just go to a bad area and look like a, if you look like prey and you're just lingering around, I mean, it's only a matter of time before someone's going to fuck with you, basically. Which I, I learned that in Albuquerque. So going to other places, you know, I just know that. So I just, if I'm in an area that's sketchy, I just go to that area, get what I have to get and then leave, you know, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like it was brought more to our attention just from, like, people being, like, shocked. Like, they're like, that happened? Like, yeah. It's normal. Yeah. <laughs> what What were you going to say? You were about to say something, I think. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that um, when me and Lindsay were, like, 16, we would always... Lindsay is my boyfriend's sister. Um, we would always hang out at her grandpa's apartment, which was literally in the war zone. It was like these, like, do you remember the war in apartments? There was like a bunch throughout the war zone. Oh, yeah. It was literally right on like Zuni and like San Mateo-ish area. Oh, and man. we would literally just hang out there all the time and like drink and just hang out and drink basically but we would we hung out with the neighbors a couple times which was ghetto shit happened like crazy shit (laughs) this one particular time (laughs) this one particular time me and we all got high because we would smoke weed back then and I think the next day it was like 4 or 5 p.m. These gangster neighbors, they came over and they're like, hey, you guys want a drink, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, sure, what do you have, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up bringing us shots over. The- Mind you, they were probably like 30, <laughs> 35. I was literally 15. Lindsay was like 17. And they brought us shots and then we started drinking with them. But her dad was always with us. So he ended up coming back home and we all were hanging out 
and fuck, I'm trying to remember now. I feel like I missed some. Um, we ended up like getting really, really drunk, and it was. I wish I could remember what we were drinking, but they kept saying that it was like fancy and expensive. Come to find out, it was not at all. It was like the cheapest of the cheap, but it was like this weird ass alcohol. <laughs> and they're like, "This is the <laughs> fuck." I forgot what they said, but Crystal? they were super, super ghetto. Kinda. I don't fuck. I don't remember what they're saying. They're basically like, "This is the shit." This is this is gonna get you fucked up, blah blah blah. We're like, I think we're good. And then that night, like Lindsay's dad ended up partying with them all night long and like doing God knows what. And we were ended up getting just so exhausted because I think we ended up getting high again and we were just like tired. <laughs> and <laughs> that night we went to sleep and <laughs> we woke. So I woke up to Lindsay screaming and she was on the floor sleeping right under me and she was just screaming. And I was like, I kept like, cause I was so fucking high and tired. I was like, shut the fuck up. So then she started screaming again and I was like, shut the fuck up. I kept saying that. I was like, go back to sleep. And she kept, like, screaming and panicking. And finally, like, I woke up out of my, like, craziness. And I was like, what the fuck? So I look at her, and she's covered in glass. Like, just completely covered in glass. And it was because these dudes threw a fucking chair through the window. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> fuck. And so <laughs> they threw a fucking chair through the window. And the, um, <laughs> we were like... She was just screaming, and I was panicking, and obviously I didn't have shoes on or anything, so we were just, like, trying to, like, figure out what the hell was happening, and then our other friend Zoe was with us, and we were all just so high, and you know when you're high, you're fucking exhausted, like, you're just, you have to sleep for, like, 500 hours, and you, like, fall asleep so hard, and (laughs) freaking, what ended up happening? Oh, you know what? I think it was already morning at that point when we figured out like the glass was on her and she was going crazy and all that. And then I guess she had slept through it, but she didn't realize the glass until she woke up. And that's when she started screaming and going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And we we realized that these dudes threw a fucking chair through the window because they were upset. They were all pissed off at her dad for some reason. I still don't know what happened. I don't know if he like stole something from them or what. That happened but it was so fucking crazy <laughs> and we were just like freaking the hell out and then um angel calls matthew which is my boyfriend and fucking he's like get the fuck over here right now and matthew comes over drive he drove over there to the apartment and he tells matthew what happened and um he's like you need to do this for me i don't know what he told him but Matthew ends up getting his bat, or, yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a bat, and he went to their apartment and just beat the fuck out of the window, <laughs> out of their window, and it, it just completely fucked up, and then after that, we all left. Me and Zoe, I think, went on the bus home, and then I don't know where the hell their dad went, but it was just so fucking crazy, and that was just one night of occurrences. How old were you? I was 14 or 15. Lindsay was like 17. Oh my god. (laughs) That's crazy, man. Yeah. This shit was insane. Man, off of Zuni and San Mateo, I mean, anywhere on Zuni is not a good place to be. Definitely not. (laughs) And I never went walking around there because, okay, I would go walking around our west side just because I knew it, I guess, even though I still knew it was dangerous. But Lindsay and Zoe would get drunk and walk around down there. I'm like, you guys are fucking crazy. And this one time, I guess, a bum told Lindsay, he's like, want to go to the moon? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, no, and he like kept like trying to like go up to him like, come here, want to go to the moon? <laughs> <laughs> Which probably means let's get high of some sort. Who knows what it meant, but 
definitely gonna want to find out about what that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think of this one story on Zuni. Because I, I would have to drive from uh, High Noon, because I worked at High Noon Restaurant in Old Town, and I would drive all the way back when I moved out um, to Western Skies, and uh, Western Skies and Central, which is way up there, past Wantabo, I think, right? Yes. But I would yeah, drive... Yeah, it's like one street ahead of Wantabo. One or two. But I would drive... Um, oh, okay. Now I, I remember what I was trying to say. Um, I would drive from Old Town to... Uh, all the way up to Western Skies to my apartment that I, you know, moved out with when I moved out with Victor when I was 16. Yeah. So um, I would take Zuni oftentimes, or I would get off on San Mateo... And then I would take, like, sometimes I would just take different routes, depending on, like, just for the fuck of it. But, um, I, it was Halloween, and I went, um, to a after-work party, um, for all the employees. It was going to be a Halloween party for the high noon workers. And mm. I was only 16, you know, I was the youngest person that worked there at that time, and... Uh, so they're having a, um, I don't know if it was Halloween or Christmas, honestly, but, um, everyone's drinking heavily and, uh, this guy that he was like a cook or a dishwasher, I can't remember which one, he challenged me to a, a contest of taking shots of Jack Daniels. Fuck. So... <laughs> We this we had already gotten off work, so this is already like eleven o'clock at night, and this is like a regular day, so it's like Tuesday or something. So I have to go to school in the morning still. Um, but I was just like fuck it, you know. I moved out. I I was on my own <laughs> program at that point. <laughs> but uh, so I agreed to do shots, um, and. I think after like 15 or 16 shots in a row of Jack Daniels, I just gave up. Like, you win. Like, I can't do any more shots. And uh, after that, he was like, oh, you know, I was just fucking with you. Like, I just wanted to see you get wasted. Like, and oh my God. I was totally like on the point of a blackout, you know. And... Uh -huh. uh, the party started going, like, winding down, because the, the people that were having the party were o way older, in their, like, 50s. So they're like, all right, the party's over. Um, so I get out of the party, um, go get in my car, which was a Dodge Colt. It was a gold Dodge Colt hatchback. And um, it did, didn't really run very well. It broke down constantly. Um but I needed to get home, so I got in the car, drunk, out of my mind, and uh, started driving um, home. So I got on I-40 right there off of uh, Rio Grande. Um, mm -hmm. I took I-40 from Rio Grande and then started going, uh, headed towards Wantabo on, on I-40. And right when I was about to pass... Um, San, either San Mateo or San Pedro, I lost all power to my car. I just lost power. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened, but I'm just coasting. Like, the car shut off, and I need to get the fuck out the freeway because I'm, I have no power. So yeah. I exit off of the freeway, and uh, it's probably, like, 1 or 2 a.m. at this point, and I coast the car into a neighborhood and um, come to a stop at a stop sign. And right before I got to the stop sign, like I had this feeling, like scary feeling, and I had a bunch of beer on the passenger seat. So I rolled the window down and threw all the beers out the window. 
<laughs> and right when I got done throwing all the beers out, um, a cop pulled up right in front of me, uh, in front of the stop sign and kept going. And I had no lights on because all I had lost power. So I'm just sitting at the stop sign with no lights on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, he's going to turn around. Like, it's obvious that I am have no headlights on. Like, that's a number one sign of someone being drunk. So yeah. I get out of the car and put it in neutral and push my car through the stop sign. And then I start opening the hood and pretending like I'm looking to see what's wrong. And as I'm doing this, the fucking cop uh, pulls up behind me and puts the lights on. And uh, from the loudspeaker, he says, um, get back in your vehicle or something. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm fucked. Like, I'm definitely going to jail for sure. And uh, I got back in the vehicle and he came up to the car and he was like, you know, where are you going? What are you doing? What the fuck is wrong? So I came up with a story like, well, I mean, it wasn't really a story. I mean, my car was didn't work i was like my car broke down like can you give me a ride like I, I don't know what to do like i don't have a phone i need i'm in the middle of fucking nowhere it's 2 a.m no one's gonna answer the phone if i even call him um and my car's broke down like can you help me and he was like hold on and he asked for my license and registration he's like what what about your parents like can they come get you I was like, oh, I live on my own, so no, they can't. <laughs> and uh, he's like, okay. So he went back, and he probably stayed in his car once he went back to his cop car for like 20 minutes. So I'm just sitting in the in the driver's seat, like highly drunk, and I can't fucking stay awake. Like I'm just like about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> because he's taking so long to come back to the car. Yeah. So finally he comes back to the car and like I jolt myself awake when he comes back. Oh my God. And he's like, you've been drinking? Uh, you've been doing drugs? And I was like, no. Like I just got off work. I'm trying to get home. Like I, I work at a restaurant, you know. Um, we don't close until 11 and we still had to do, you know, I made up whatever. And he's like, all right, well, uh, do you mind if I search your vehicle? And I was like, what the son of a bitch. So I was like, I guess, I mean, whatever, if you if you feel like you have to. But, I mean, it's really dirty. There, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a waste of time. But if you want, feel free. So I was just going to say, I can't imagine how dirty this car fucking was. It was unbelievably dirty. I mean, I did not give a shit. I mean, there was trash just thrown in, of everything. Cigarettes, um, food wrappers, you know, just so much shit. Um, so he has me go sit down on the curb and he has this like deputy guy with him who's like a trainee cop who's just learning to be a cop. And uh, so I start talking to him and... Uh, he smokes some, um, I think he, he happens to smoke Pall Malls. So, uh, we both start smoking Pall Malls and, uh, start talking and whatever while the guy is just ransacking my vehicle. He just fucking like throws everything out of the car. It's just, he trashes it. And, um, what the fuck? he probably comes back again, like another 20 minutes. Finally, all my shit's just thrown everywhere. And he's like, well, didn't find anything. Um, and he asked me, he's like, well, what are you going to do now? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, you just fucking <laughs> threw all my shit everywhere. Um, I have no way to get anywhere. Like, I, I think I was like quite a ways away from Central. And plus it's like 2 a.m. So mm -hmm. how the fuck am I going to get anywhere? Um, yeah. So he was like, well... <laughs> Um, where do you live? So I told him I lived off Western Skies and Central. And he's like, oh, man, that's fucking bad neighborhood. Like, shit. Like, where do you live? I'm like, well, I live in this fourplex. He's like, oh, man, that's like meth central. I'm like, yeah, you're telling me. Shut up. 
Like, yeah, what I know. I know like it sucks. accusing you? Yeah, I mean, he, he was just like, oh, is, you live in a drug house? And I was like, no, like, <laughs> I live in a fucking fourplex. Legally, I pay to live there. And um, after a while, he finally was like, oh, well, do you want a ride? So he fucking gave me a ride all the way back home. Why are some cops like this? Like, why do they like to harass people? I don't know, but it took like two hours. The whole encounter took about two hours. <laughs> and I was drunk as fuck. And you were completely sober at the end? Yeah, like completely sober. And I still had to go to school the next day. And uh, <laughs> it was just... I, but he gave me like a little citation um, warning. And once he dropped me off at the house, he's like, I know you're drunk. He's like, I just, he's like, I just felt bad. So you're lucky that I let you go. And I was like, yeah, I am. Thank you. Thank God that you let me go. So he actually was nice after all that bullshit. Yeah. I don't know what the point of all, all the other stuff was. It's like, (laughs) why did you put me through all that misery? Just fucking give me a ride without having to deal with all that, you know? But uh maybe he wanted to see if there was drugs just so he could further whatever the fuck. Maybe because I mean there could have been drugs for sure. Oh, you, the other thing about about this encounter was I, at the time I had a shaved head like all the way shaved down and um I always wore this sweater that this red sweater that said go to hell on it. <laughs> <laughs> So this whole encounter that we're interacting, he's looking at me. I have this red sweater on with this huge patch on it that just says go to hell on the front. <laughs> oh, my God. But that might he, have been why he was targeting you. Maybe. But he gave me a ride and he just gave me a citation. And I ended up saving that citation for years after that because it was like, proof that because when when i told everyone the story they're like no fucking way there's no way that you he gave you a ride like that's bullshit and so i i would have to show him the citation every time like i'm telling you he just let me go you know it's like uh, the luckiest guy ever (laughs) that is so fucking weird but (laughs) like why yeah it was a interesting encounter and um the next day um, I actually had to go get the car, and it was uh, all fucked up. And um, actually, I think Eloy came and um, helped me tow the car out of there, or something. R.I.P. Yeah, Eloy was our mom's uh, husband at one time in life. Um, who later yeah, went on to commit suicide. Sadly, um, but I'm pretty sure he came the next day and helped me get the car out of there or something. I don't know, but yeah, interesting uh, when, experience. That's crazy as hell. When they were together, mom and Eloy, did he buy you a car, the Geo Metro? No, we... Um, I don't know if he had like already had that car or if it was like his car or something prior to that, but there was like a $300 fee that I had to pay for it. But then like the water pump like went out on it and we ended up having to replace it or something. I I can't honestly recall how that came to be. I think that actually might have been his car, now that I think about it, because I remember he bought Mom that new Hyundai. So I think that might have been his car. The Geo Metro? I think so. But also, he also was like a collector of cars, because he had this Impala, too. So, I don't fucking know. That might have just been one of his other cars he had. Maybe. I, I remember... I had the had the Geo Metro, a Dodge Colt, and a Toyota Tercel. Let's just describe the Geo Metro and what you did to it. 
Um, that car was, went through the works. I mean, it was all fucked up. I mean, uh, I drove, I got a flat tire once and then I drove, put a donut on it and I drove that with a donut on the, on the Geo Metro for like over a year before that went flat. Are you fucking kidding me? No, the fucking... Over a year? Yeah, the donut was almost the same size as the regular tire. (laughs) So it it wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. I I don't know, but... um, Also, in that car, um, I think that was the car where um, I was playing a a concert when I was in the punk band, and I was drunk, and I put my amp in the back and uh, closed the hatchback, and I shattered the window out of it, so I had no rear window at all, uh, the hatchback, um, and I lived in these apartments called the Stilts off of uh, uh, Princeton and Lead, and in those apartments, uh, there was these cats that fucking made my car their home when I lived there, so my car was was like a cat sanctuary when I when I parked it every night (laughs) (laughs) that's fucking disgusting yeah it was fucking cat piss it was just all fucked up and then so I had no back window you know no just open and uh, (laughs) I don't know if it was that car but I did it to all my cars at that time I just uh, glued an ashtray to the dash with um glue like shoe goo an ashtray and and, um i called it the dash tray and uh (laughs) to clean out it to clean it out with from cigarette butts i would just drive on the freeway and roll all the windows down and then it would just blow all the cigarettes out (laughs) (laughs) well i guess we're both heathens because I used to literally, like, have piles of trash in my car and, like, in neighborhoods. I would just fucking blow all the trash out. Like, just, like, throw it out. Like, open the doors and, like, be, like, telling the passenger to, like, throw all the rest of the trash out. So, everyone everyone asked, like, and usually it was my fucking neighborhood, but I would just be, like, more down the street from my own house. So... (laughs) And most of my friends are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what that was about either because I, when I was a teenager, I did not care. I didn't even think about littering in any way. I didn't even think it was like bad. Like I would just be done with my uh, big gulp and I just <laughs> toss it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Like, shit. <laughs> it's so horrible and it's it's actually pretty funny because Tony literally hates littering so bad. I remember I was with her one time and I littered something out the window and she was like, What the fuck did you just do? <laughs> I'm like, um uh, I don't know. She's like, What the fuck? And she just like went off. She's like, I would stop right now, but I can't for you to go pick it up but don't do that again yeah we definitely grew up with some weird warped uh, sense of um i don't know what how that came about caring Caring about anything yeah just like to me um i it just didn't seem like it was an issue like there's just there's trash everywhere like all over like the streets like to me, it's just like, it didn't seem like it was a litter, just like, just another piece of trash. Like, it didn't seem like it was bad, like, whatever. I mean, it's... Yeah. I think that was my thought, too. I was like, it's already shit. Like, what could make it worse? Can you recall the, <laughs> the slogan uh, that they tried to make people um stop littering? Uh <laughs> Do you remember, uh, or are you too y- little, young to oh remember? Oh my god, I think I do remember, but I'm trying to think of it. Fuck. Well, it was. What ca- is it? It was called a uh, toss no moss. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Which basically means just toss means toss no more. Yeah, toss no more in Spanish. Trash. 
<laughs> it didn't work. Cow's no more. Yeah, that campaign yeah, uh, failed. Yeah, miserably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my fr- actually my friend still. Well, most of my other friends didn't care either, but my friend Izzy, my best friend, she literally. Her and my friend Adrian always tell me like. Chelsea's gonna fucking litter or like tell me about times where I did litter and I'm just like I guess I just didn't give a shit but I do now somewhat yeah I would never do that now but at the time it honestly didn't cross my mind as being bad I was just like whatever like it's trash like I don't got a trash can so there's the street is my trash can yeah. Sadly. <laughs> Just living in the ghetto and doing ghetto shit. Yeah, it's like a bum could use that cup for like something, you know, like it is, <laughs> it's like not, not a, it's not going to go to waste. Someone's going to pick it up for something, you know. They can take that into the gas station and fill it up with some Coke. Yeah. Yeah. You just take the, uh, into all subs and, Instead of paying full price to get a, a discount. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to to think of us all these so many stories because I just like forget about them until we start talking about something and then it's like oh shit, I completely forgot about that. Actually, now I just remembered another story about. Um, <laughs> I was, I think, I was in the Geo Metro, and um, I was. We we had just bought beer. Um, I don't know if I moved out yet or not, but we had bought beer. Uh, our other friend Anthony was twenty one, and he bought everyone beer, and we were driving. From the west side all the way back to Victor's house, uh, you know, same place on Western Skies, and uh, we're just flying down the freeway, you know, not really paying attention because it's kind of like uh, it's probably like midnight around there, and uh, we're just going along, and um, all of a sudden, everyone in the car starts screaming and uh, tell me to like move. And just in the nick of time, I noticed that there's a car um, just abandoned in the center lane on I-40 um, with no no lights on and no one's in the vehicle. Oh, my God. So I, I wasn't paying attention to the road, hardly. Um, but everyone else in the car saw the car, and I was able to move out of the way <laughs> before we... I mean, we were probably going like 70 and uh luckily i moved before i smashed into the back of that car (laughs) oh my god but that actually happened something similar happened to me on the freeway but it wasn't a car (laughs) what was it so was anyone in it no it was abandoned completely abandoned it was like uh just sitting there (laughs) like someone just got out and just left it there how the fuck could you get out? Like, I could see the freeway's less busy that early, but still. <laughs> there's still some cars going fast as fuck. Yeah, I don't know, but... And usually it's the drunk people. Yeah, luck- luckily I wasn't drunk yet. We had just bought the beer, so, like, I was sober. <laughs> so I had enough reflexes to move out of the way. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That could have been it. I mean, there was like so many times five or six people it. in the car with me. Uh, you guys could have all died that day. Yeah, could have been it. Luckily, we made it. I always think of that about those moments where it could have been it. Yeah, it doesn't take much, and lots of people didn't. Um, you know, lots of people lost, lost out, <laughs> while. Others didn't, you know, it's like a, who knows well, who who's going to be the one to pay the price. Yeah, very true. Just that kind of reminds me of this 
well, just that story we were talking about, this reminded me of this one time. It was, this is just a random weird experience. And I still think something was going on. But me and Lindsay were getting into my car from her grandma's house right there on Westgate area. And it, we're, it was parked in front of her grandma's house and we were just like going outside to get in my car. And I didn't have like power locks or anything like that. But as soon as we got outside to my car, like we saw the mailman truck thing, like blinking its lights and like going crazy. And like the person that was driving it was like, I don't know if they were like halfway in, halfway out or what, but it was like a sketchy, weird thing. And the second I saw that, I was like, oh, fuck no. Like, we're going to die. Like, somebody hijacked the fucking mailman <laughs> and is, like, doing something. Like, it was like the lights were flashing really, really weirdly. And it was, like, dusk. So it was, like, kind of dark but not. And it was fucking weird as hell. And so, like, I looked at Lindsay and I was like, we need, like, I don't know if I told her anything, but I just looked at her and she was looking at me too. And I was like, what the fuck? And like, we were just looking at the mail truck or whatever. And I was like, trying to get into my car as fast as possible because you, when you know something bad is going to happen, you're just like, fuck, what's going to happen right now? And my car didn't have power locks or anything. So I was just like trying to get the key in and trying to like get in and unlock the, her door. And I still think something was fucking happening. Like, I don't know what. I don't know if he saw us or what, but he was, like, going crazy. I think there, I think he was even, like, honking, like, every, like, two seconds or something. It was so bizarre. He was trying to signal you guys that something was going wrong. But I don't know, but he was, like, halfway out somehow. It was fucking weird. There's been a lot of weird little things that have happened. <laughs> that it was like that was weird. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that's that's one thing that's uh, definitely true about Albuquerque is lots of weird things happen there. Uh, I don't know if it's just a coincidence that, or if it's just every big city or what, but um, weird things happen there. Um, more often than not. <laughs> For sure. Very weird. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find your information at? You can find my information, Instagram, at Chelsea Marie K-K-A-Y, or on Facebook, Chelsea Kittredge. How about your Monate stuff? Might as well promote that. And... Well, if you find me on Instagram, you'll be able to see it. Other than that, you can find me at chelseakittredge.monate.com. <laughs> I sell hair, skin, and wellness products. And you don't have to live in the ghetto to use it, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. I I'm going to press stop. But, Bye, guys. But uh, don't hang up yet. I'm just going to press stop recording. Thank you for listening to another episode of Double Thought Dimension. You can find my podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. My website is doublethoughtdimension.com. My email is dtdimension at protonmail.com. Um, you can donate to our website. Uh, there's a little donate button. You can start a, a monthly subscription or you can just do a one-time donation. Any amount is greatly, greatly appreciated. Also, I would like to thank all the listeners, if there is any. Um, Nate, Cassie, Amber, Ellie, Brian, Noel, Chelsea, who was on the uh, podcast today, uh, Stace, Leah. Um, also, I would like to thank Dean Reiner, um, I had emailed him, and he uh, gave me a shout-out on his podcast, the uh, Up Is Down podcast. Um, go check out his podcast. Uh, it's uh, a little bit 
better produced than mine, and there's way um, deep dives of information on the occult and uh, conspiracies, and uh, very, very great podcast, Up Is Down podcast, which you can find that on all the podcast players. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, Adam from uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled podcast. Um, I had some correspondence with him, and he wrote back to me, uh, so... It's great to know that there's actual people who are out there trying to promote uh, the cause of freedom and liberty and uh, trying to counter the mainstream narrative that is choking down our uh, consciousness uh, so much of the time. So I'm just glad that there's other people out there who are making it happen and uh, doing the work um, as those from No Agenda. <laughs> um, no agenda listeners will uh, know what I'm talking about there. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in, and um, I'm going to be gone for a week on a vacation, so this will be our last podcast. Uh, we won't have any podcasts for a week, and then we'll be back next week. But thanks for tuning in, and have a great one. Uh, DoubleThoughtDimension.com <laughs>